never, ever marks the spot. I am altering the deep. Pray I don't alter it any further. Most of the intelligence community doesn't believe he exists. The ones that do call him the Winter Soldier. I'm Batman. Hello, everyone, and welcome to this week's episode of the Top 5 Report, the podcast that so much prefers Strong Jaw Ale over Butterbeer. My name is Drew. I'll be your host for the evening. Along with me, as always, is my brother Peter. Here. Hey, man. <laughs> What's up? <laughs> Not much. How, uh, how's yeah. your week been? Uh, it's been pretty good. Um, yeah, nothing too crazy going on with me. <laughs> How about oh, you? <laughs> I mean, that's good. I'm, like, busy. Like, the, like I said, I've said it before, this is my busiest time of year, and this is just, it's been nuts. Um, yeah. And uh, I've been trying to watch the Olympics, but it's like because of the time difference between China and us, it is so hard because everything I want to watch happens while I'm sleeping. And then when I try and catch up, the things I want to watch are not on. And I know I can go to on demand and put stuff on, but I don't have time to like search. It's crazy. <laughs> I'm like, <laughs> I'm not getting to watch the way I normally watch when it comes to the Olympics. It's bizarre. <laughs> Right. On. Well, luckily, you do have four years to catch up before the next. Olympics, so, I mean, there is that. I just feel like in a world of streaming, I should be able to find some things like quickly and just get a chance to watch. But then you catch the highlights on the news and you're just like, OK, well, you know, that race yeah. lasted a minute and a half. Like, <laughs> you know, like, mm-hmm. so, yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah. Anyway, let's we got a whole bunch of news. So let's jump right in. What are we watching, reading? What do we got? Yeah, absolutely. Um, well, I have been watching the Book of Boba Fett, which I'm sure we'll talk about in a bit. Um, are you done? Did you ca- are you caught up? Yeah, yeah, I'm all caught up. Okay, um, and it was awesome. Um, I'm I've been watching Vax Machina, the Legend of Vax Machina on Amazon yeah, Prime, yeah, yeah. and I'm pretty sure we'll be talking about that soon. Uh, the one thing that I've been watching that Drew, I don't know if you have been, is uh, I've been watching Pam and Tommy on uh, Hulu. Are you familiar with the show at all? Do you know what this is? No. <laughs> okay, so this <laughs> oh, this is a show. No, this is a show that I've been <laughs> meaning to watch. I oh, really? Okay. This. I've been meaning to watch this because I I this want is, to. This is this is essentially the first viral video. You know, yeah, you could you like. could put it that you could put it that way. Um, I didn't I actually didn't know if this show would be something you were interested in, but this is essentially the story about uh, the Pammy or Pamela Anderson Tommy Lee uh, sex tape that was kind of leaked in the yeah. mid '90s, and that was like it's kind of weird because it kind of was a weird underground cultural phenomenon. And uh, it's something that I lived through, but I was very young at the time it happened. And I really didn't understand a lot of the, uh, the details of the whole situation. So this show has actually been really interesting. And uh, with that like description of the show right there, you can tell that like going into it, I thought this show was going to be interesting from a, I guess as a, time piece as well as just the pop culture uh, ramifications of how this all played out 
What I didn't expect from this show is for it to be as intense and suspenseful as it has been, because it's just it's just super interesting how everything plays out. And um, the main character in the show is um, Seth Rogen, who is essentially this carpenter who is working for Tommy Lee on his house. And uh, he's kind of the guy who ends up stumbling across the tape and um, distributing it and all that. And uh, the way that he secures the tape is like, first of all, super intense, but then the way things begin to play out after that is also super intense. And it's, it's one of these like random shows that I think, None of us really thought we needed, but watching it, it's just been super interesting and super like surprisingly suspenseful to me, which I've been really enjoying. So I don't want to say too much, especially since you want to watch this, Drew. I feel like I might have already said too much (laughs) at this point, but uh, I've been really liking this one. Well, so this is the thing between our age gap, because um, I never I've never seen the tape, but (laughs) Right. <laughs> well, I mean, like I said, this is like one of the first viral videos and then like eventually it hits the Internet and stuff like that. It's not like one of those things like, you know, some of these things like surface to the come to the surface and you see them. Right. Yeah. Uh, I've never actually seen the actual tape, but it this hitting the news and becoming the scandal it was and everything. I lived through it. Yeah. You know, that's one of the reasons I wanted to watch it. So, um but uh, Sebastian Stan and Lily James were on um, uh, Jimmy Kimmel talking about it. And the interview was great hearing them talk about it and seeing the clips from the movie, the, the, not the clips from the movie, the clips from the show that uh, they were in were awesome. So I just it just made me want to watch it more than I already did. So um, I'm, re- I'm just really curious overall. So, yeah, absolutely. And um, since you did mention those actors, um like they've done a really good job in the show as far as just like makeup wise and stuff, especially on Lily James, like Sebastian Stan. Lily James looks like Pamela Anderson. Yeah. And it's, it's weird because like, like I was going to say Sebastian Stan, he kind of looks like Tommy Lee in this show, but with Lily James, there's parts where I'm doing like double takes and stuff. And I actually read an article about how like she already does kind of have the uh, sort of facial bone structure to kind of look similar to Pamela Anderson, but I guess they did a lot of really subtle makeup work and stuff that you can't really tell, but you watch the show and you're just like, it's crazy how much she's at, she actually looks and acts like her. So it's, it's pretty great. Like, I think you'll, you'd enjoy this drew and that sort of, uh, I don't know. It is like a weird cultural moment that this show is about that. Like I said, we probably didn't sure. think we needed, but it's actually a really good show so far. Um, other than that, I haven't really watched much to be honest. Uh, how about you? All right. So, um, like I said, I've been watching what I can of the Olympics. Um, so that's been fun cause I really enjoy the Olympics, but this is winter Olympics. I'm a skier and like, I just want to watch the skiing and snowboarding stuff. That's like the, that's like my focus <laughs> here. Um, but watching the, watching the U S women's team, like just be amazing at hockey has been cool. And then some of the curling stuff's been pretty sweet. So, you know what I mean? Um, <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> don't laugh. I curling's actually kind of cool. Um, I, I haven't work- really dedicated a lot of time to watching it it's just for some reason it's funny whenever it comes up in conversation to me oh i mean that's fair the um i've actually gone tried it out it's actually pretty fun to play i do think it would be fun to play like both from the person who like i don't know the the terms but the person who actually casts the uh 
I don't even know what you call it, curling the puck or whatever. Yeah, throws the rack. Or if you're one of the people at the brooms, I don't know if they're the sweepers or whatever. I think both. That's actually dead on. (laughs) Okay, nice. (laughs) Well, both uh, roles do look like they'd be really fun to do, you know, especially the sweeper. I think trying to fine tune like how much you have to essentially like melt the ice in front of the rack to make it go the right distance, like, and the right direction. That's a fun skill to probably work on you know yeah it is and it's there's a lot of teamwork to it because you actually get dictated by the guy throwing the rod the thrower and all that stuff so um like he tells you when to sweep and when not to sweep you know so on and so on anyway okay um i did watch i talked about this a couple of weeks ago uh the trailer for the movie home team with kevin james the oh football right movie i did watch the movie it's out on netflix it released um i feel really stupid when I talked about it before, because to me, when I watched the trailer, I thought to myself, this looks like just a, you know, feel good sports movie, like with a dad coming back to coach his kid. What I didn't realize is that it was based on a true story. And I didn't get that from the trailer. Um, so I knew, so I knew based, my knowledge going in was the trailer. I did not put together two and two together that it was a true story. Um, my, knowledge of behind the scenes football stuff is not nearly what it is when it comes to like Batman, Star Wars and the stuff we usually talk about. Um, but I do remember this happening. Um, so Kevin James plays Sean Payton, the head coach of the Saints, who was suspended for a year because of a scandal with paying off players for certain things. Um, and while they were going while they were uh doing their investigation, he was suspended and he went home to coach his kids football team for the year. Um, so that's what the movie's about. So at the beginning of the movie, they cover all the NFL stuff. Mm-hmm. And then he goes back home and, you know, sees his kid and starts helping out with the team. What's interesting is that all the NFL stuff is kind of serious. And then when you get to, when he gets home, it's more of like the Sandlot feel good sports movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, so they definitely took some liberties, I think, just to make it more of a comedy. But the movie's really, really fun. It's heartwarming. It's not as funny as I was expecting, but it's still really fun. Um, and then nice. Sean Payton has a fun cameo at the end. And um, I almost missed it, but I was like, oh, wait, there he is. You know what I mean? So, Or the real Sean Payton has a cameo at the end of the movie. But, That's uh, awesome. The movie is a lot of fun anyway, so I definitely recommend watching it. Um, and there were some parts that had me laugh out loud. Um, so, I mean, aside from the comment, the regular comedy bits, there's some parts that you laugh out loud at. Um, nice. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I know we both watched this. The Jurassic World trailer dropped today. Yeah. Um, what do you think of the trailer? I think it looks really cool. I think um, one of the things I said in the trailer was this is the conclusion or something like that, To And I don't know if this is just the conclusion to the jurassic world trilogy or whatever but uh yeah. or i guess quadrilogy um what was that yes just yeah yes. um um so but i think that uh that's kind of exciting and uh seeing all the different characters they're bringing back from the old movies is really exciting as well like it seems kind of I've seen people say that they're really trying to n- nostalgia bait people but to be honest when it's you're trying to do a cohesive uh, 
series of movies or, you know, you're trying to close this chapter of films. And I think it's kind of cool to have that, like, get the band back together moment to uh, close the story out. Um, And then other than that, I just think I just think the effects and everything looks really great. I think the Jurassic World movies have always been just really fun. Um, I don't know. Yeah, I don't have too many too much criticisms to uh throw their way but uh what are your thoughts on this trailer well ultimately the movie looks really cool um the idea of the dinosaurs being all over the place i thought i was i thought that's really interesting and not just isolated to like their space on the mm-hmm. island thing like that um so yeah it just it looks like a lot of fun and i'm my butt's probably going to be in a seat for it um frank marshall producer frank marshall said that uh he believes that uh jurassic world dominion is going to wrap up the trilogy but they're not resting on their laurels we're going to sit down and we're going to see what the future holds um saying that this is the end of this trilogy but not the end of the series uh so (laughs) and that's that's what i would expect because those movies, every time one's released, there's some sort of record that's broken. So, yeah, it doesn't surprise me at all. <laughs> yeah. And it's I mean, that's cool. I mean, just as long as dinosaurs are cool, going to make they're going to make these movies. It's kind of like the Fast and the Furious films. As long as cars are cool, those movies are going to keep being made, whether you have Dominic Toretto or not. Um, so, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, well, let's talk about Boba Fett and Vox Machina real quick. Um, we'll say Boba Fett to the end. Vox Machina is awesome. Um, yeah. <laughs> um, each episode, just in my opinion, just is better and better. I loved the episode where they were trapped, um, where they were trapped in the building. Like they were being like, like they were, I guess you, say, <laughs> right. I guess you got, I guess you could say got arrested and they'll yeah. like, stay here so we can do the investigation kind of thing. So they're like basically without their weapons. And then those like. Uh, I don't know if you want to call them zombie ghost. Like, I don't know what they're called. And that's the thing. Like my knowledge of critical role campaign one is limited compared to campaign two and three. And I only say that because I jumped in kind of in the middle. Um, so I don't really know the story. So I don't remember what those creatures are called, but they, mm-hmm. um, but the what like just the animation of like, cause it wasn't blood. It was like that black, like goo, like, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, tar looking <laughs> stuff that, like with possessing people. And it was so it was such a cool sequence. Yeah, absolutely. You know, um, <laughs> that's actually one of my favorite parts of the ne- of the three episodes we just got. And I can't wait to see where the season goes. But um, your just take on it. Thoughts? Yeah. No, I think um, I think you're just pointing out some cool things like those. Uh, again, yeah, I don't know what to call them either. But like those ghouls or whatever they were fighting off in the I guess it was episode five i want to say um though that was just really awesome as well as like in the most recent episode the uh the sort of giants that are in um i can't remember the name of the kingdom that they're in right now but those are just what was that they're in whitestone whitestone right um the locations i'm totally on board with but that's i'm finding locations really easy it's just because i i'm a fan of the series the the live the live show i guess you could say yeah um so I'm a fan of like, so I know the locations and stuff as they pop up. I'm like, okay, we're going here. Oh, cool. <laughs> um, but some of the creatures, like the amount of creatures that exist in the world of D and D, like it's hard to, I, in my opinion, it's hard to remember some of the, like, you're just like, wait, what was that again? Like, you know, especially when you're <laughs> now seeing an artist rendition of it, you know? Mm-hmm. So. Um, but no, I was just saying, like, uh, in Whitestone, like, the uh, giants and stuff, like, those look really badass. And I think there's just been some really cool 
uh, just super horrific imagery in the last couple episodes that I've really enjoyed. Um, I also really like, so to be honest, um, I haven't watched a lot of uh, Prime shows, so I'm not necessarily used to their release schedule. Um, I know that they, I knew that they were going to release three episodes right away, but then for some reason I thought it was going to be one episode a week, and I was pleasantly surprised to find three more episodes this past week, so (laughs) I thought that was great. But um, I was also pleasantly surprised that these last three episodes weren't like a uh, self-contained story, if you will. Like the first three episodes kind of had like their beginning, middle and end to like a really small story arc. And then it was moving on to the next thing. And that's kind of what I was expecting with these new three episodes. But luckily, like we're we're kind of left off in the middle of the story with the uh, I can't remember their names. I think it's the Briarwoods as the like. Briarwoods, the, yeah. 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 They're like still the main antagonist and they're still trying to get to the bottom of that situation. And I just think that's cool because I was kind of for some reason I was expecting it to be like a three part adventure and then we'd just be off to the next thing. But I'm enjoying the continuity of the story, I guess. Um, And yeah, otherwise, I don't know if I have too much else to say about it. I've just still been enjoying the show. Um, I'm really liking the characters and getting to know them more. Um, I guess my only complaint with the last three episodes is I wish there was a little bit more of the humor from the first three episodes. But right. I mean, that's I mean, that's not really that big of a complaint. And I know that there's a humor seriousness balance in the show and i think that balance shifts in different directions depending on the needs of the story being told at the moment so i think uh there's probably going to be some more just like all out just humor gag filled episodes as well well not only that and i'm drawing a blank on the lines of dialogue but there's some direct links like because you you pointed out in the first three episodes that there's some really good that it still feels like a Dungeons and Dragons campaign. Like players are still around the table playing and there is some direct lines of dialogue that are just like, you know, that was table talk as opposed to, as opposed to a line in a script. And I'm like, so, and I heard it and I was like, Oh my God, that's so brilliant that that's there because that's what ideally you want. You know what I mean? If you're going to have that, if you're going to have that game represented properly, you have to do it in a way that makes you realize it's still a group of people sitting around a table playing. Yeah. And, and that, I think, is the hard balance that where the live action movies that they have attempted to do have not been good. Um, and I know there's a new live action movie coming, but at the end of the day, like if you don't have that balance You know, I almost feel like the best way to do a balance of that movie would be to try and figure out a way to do it the way Free Guy balanced the real world versus the in-game world. (laughs) Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, I feel like that's the best way to do it. But, you know, you still got to try and figure out how to do it, you know. Yeah, I think Vox Machina has been doing a good job of that where these characters feel like like their personalities do feel like they could be your friends, um, you know, goofing off playing a game of Dungeons and Dragons. But you can also take them seriously in the uh, crazy fantasy world that you're viewing them, them in. And uh, yeah, I just think they've been doing a really great job of that. And I don't know if because it's a uh, animated show, if it makes it easier to pull that off. But yeah, I think um, 
whatever, you know, this new Dungeons and Dragons movie, they're definitely going to have to uh, really figure that out. Um, and hopefully they do a good job, but we'll have to wait and see about that one. <laughs> right. Well, um, yeah, I don't know. I'm loving the show. I can't wait for more. Um, and it makes me like, it's funny because I get done with the show and I'm like, all right, well, I got to watch the new current episode of Critical Role now. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, so. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, <laughs> any rate, um, let's talk about Boba Fett real quick. So we have two episodes to discuss. Um, first off, I was not expecting that much Luke Skywalker at all. Yeah. Um, it was yeah. awesome. The CG in the face was fantastic. The voice sounded great. I just wasn't expecting that much of him. Um the uh, the thing that the Internet is kind of criticizing the show about, which I think is interesting, I think is Luke making Grogu make a choice lightsaber path of the Jedi versus path of the Mandalorian. And I really hope that there is a thread for Grogu to become that next Mando Jedi, I guess you could say, <laughs> uh, right. because I really just want to see Grogu with a Mando helmet that has little slits for his ears to stick out. Um, but that's me. <laughs> Yeah, I've seen, I don't know if it was, uh, I, I believe it was fan art I've seen of that, of like Grogu with the uh, Mando armor and then carrying the dark, dark saber, saber, like you said, with the ears sticking out. Um, yeah, that would be just really badass to see. Well, <laughs> like, keep and, then, and then his little chainmail shirt I thought was amazing. Um, yeah. You know, uh, that's I just, was, I'm, go ahead, sorry. No, I was just going to say, like, we were talking about that the other episode where, uh, we were trying to figure out what, uh, you know, what was forged for Grogu out of the Beskar spear. And I wanted to say a chainmail shirt like that, and I didn't. And I feel <laughs> it's one of those things like I didn't have the confidence to say it in the moment. And then I guess I just, yeah, had to have to live with that. But <laughs> but I thought that was pretty cool to actually see. So, uh, no, keep going, though. Yeah. Um, and then... Um... So my favorite part of that episode was the where, when Ahsoka was talking to Luke and she said, you're a lot like your father. Um, the reason I mm -hmm. love that is that you got to remember Ahsoka's Anakin's Padawan and she ultimately knew Anakin before he became Vader. And she knew Anakin more as Anakin than she did as Vader. And for her to make that convert, that comment to Luke says to me off screen those two had a conversation about his father and right. that makes me really excited and want to know what the details of that conversation were. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. That's actually a really cool uh, insight to be honest. Yeah. And I was like, Oh, they had that conversation. That's amazing. Like that's what through my, as soon as I heard that dialogue, that's what I, that's what went through my head. Mm -hmm. um, but then, uh, but then it moves us into the finale and um, all my Star Wars dreams and theories came true. It's going to be all out war with, you know, Fett riding Rancors and Mando <laughs> Fett like, right on. <laughs> showing you how badass Mandalorians can be. And like, I, it was just it was nuts. Um, and it's totally like what I expected to come out of the finale. Um, there's been a lot of criticism, actually, like people are like really like ragging on that episode. And I don't understand why. Um, but whatever. So um, one, of the <laughs> one of the criticisms I've seen is the um, the one character, he's one of the bikers, the guy with the uh, sort of like eye, like robotic looking eyepiece yeah, yeah, that yeah. he like aims through and stuff. There's one part where he does like a spin 
to shoot one of the pikes and it seems his spin seems extremely unnecessary. <laughs> and even in that moment, I was like, really, he's got to do a spin. But that's like the only thing I've seen that was like a legitimate criticism, because otherwise I feel like that episode was so good. There are so many good parts of it. I loved the sort of uh, battle that took place in Mos Espa and how basically we saw like this rallying of the troops of a, a bunch of different factions that all, you know, kind of came to Boba Fett's aid. And uh, there's just kind of really cool stuff when it comes to urban warfare and seeing uh, different members of the group like really in danger and then seeing how they all kind of rallied together and the whole like strategy of everything was just really cool how how it played out and then um, you know there's the part where uh, Boba Fett flies off and you know that he's going to come back with the rancor but you're not absolutely sure but you're just waiting for it to happen and uh, you know that while all this crazy stuff's going on Fennec is still going to uh, you know try to sabotage the leader of the Pike Syndicate and uh, it was just really like there was a lot going on and it was just really fun from just like a bombastic strategic urban warfare like battle scene and I I don't know if there's any other like major criticisms or if people are just nitpicking stuff, but it's people are nitpicking. <laughs> and, yeah. And, and, and I'm you one know? who like a lot of times I'm willing to entertain the nitpicking a little bit, but at a certain point it's like, come on, like, why are you complaining about this? We got so many cool moments in this episode. You know what I mean? Yeah, I know. Whatever. I don't, I don't know. How to, like, I don't know how to quantify when people, when that, when that stuff comes up, you know what I mean? Like when people make those comments, you're just like, okay, well, you're just looking, it's kind of like when uh, the dark Knight came out and everyone raved and raved and raved about how amazing the movie it was. And then see someone was like, you know, I'm not a big fan of Christian Bale's Batman voice. And I go, okay, you're just looking for something to complain about. You know what I mean? You just want to be the <laughs> one guy that says I didn't like it. You know, so I remember um, seeing the Dark Knight and wanting to be that guy because just the hype was killing me for the movie. And I walked out of the movie and I was like, no, that was really good. <laughs> I can see why the hype was deserved. <laughs> sure. Well, anyway, you know what? Not everyone has you don't have to like everything and not everyone has to be the biggest Star Wars fan. But the way I look at it was I just think some of the criticism is a little unfair. That's my opinion. Um, but whatever. Um, absolutely. I don't know. Um I can't wait for more to see where the Star Wars universe goes because we have so many series going on. This is a good segue into news. Uh, bef before I do, do you have anything to add? I mean, I just think, like, I'm just still reveling in the glory of this last uh, Boba Fett episode and how we essentially got, like, a Star Wars, like, kaiju battle almost at the end of the, <laughs> of the Dude, episode. Like, rancors. we got a kaiju battle in the streets of Mos Espa. Like, it was amazing. What yeah. were you going to say? Rancors, um, first off, I loved the Godzilla head nod. Not the Godzilla, the King Kong head nod. Oh, but right, rancors, right. But Rancors um, grow fast. Um, yeah. Holy crap, they grow fast. <laughs> so, it was awesome. <laughs> Um, absolutely all right so yeah this segues into news nicely so one of the next show out for star wars is going to be obi-wan kenobi and i'm going to tell you this up until today because this dropped today um i would have put money on the fact that obi-wan was going to premiere on may the 4th um right but i didn't see coming and i should have thought better to myself and know that may the 4th is star wars day for 
the majority of the world. The real fans know that the real Star Wars Day is May 25th because that is the release date of the Star Wars New Hope. That's when it all be, that's when it all truly began. Um, so make Obi-Wan Kenobi will drop May 25th. And I'm like, that's awesome. Of course it will. That's the real. <laughs> so, um, yeah, I just thought that was really cool. So, yeah, that's a, that's really awesome. Yeah. All right. In other Star Wars news, the Andor series. So think about it. We got Obi-Wan Kenobi coming. We got the Ahsoka show coming. We got I think we still have Rangers in the New Republic. We got the Acolyte coming. We have Mando season three. We're not sure if we're getting another Boba Fett. We're like there's some things I think we're in the dark about. Um, but we have the Andor series coming, which is the uh, I guess you could say the prequel series to Rogue One, um, mm-hmm. which I, I really look forward to because the espionage side of it. I think it's going to be cool because it's like rebel spies versus the empire. So I think we're going to get some really cool, like espionage stuff. I basically, it'll be like mission impossible in star Wars. You know what I mean? Or a James Bond star Wars kind of a thing. Um, anyway, (laughs) absolutely. They haven't even aired it yet. And they're already uh, renewing for a season two. Um, (laughs) Crazy. (laughs) I know. That's awesome. Um, that, that got me really excited. So that's a quick hit for news. Um, I think that's it for Star Wars news. I, I kind of feel like Andor is the series I'm I'm not looking forward to the most, but I also have a feeling it's going to be one of those shows that is just surprisingly amazing. You know what I mean? Oh, you because mean like it's going to be it's going to be your Hawkeye of the Star Wars side of things is what you're saying. Yeah, yeah, that's a good way to put it. Yeah, <laughs> I only said that because I think we all went in going, dude, Hawkeye looks cool. I'm going to give it a get show. And we're all like, oh, my God, Hawkeye's amazing. Yeah, uh, absolutely. I feel like Andor could be that. Um, all right. We got a couple quick hits, so we'll try and get through those as quickly as possible. Um, Scream will be getting a um, sequel officially moving forward. So the new Scream movie is getting another one. Um, I can't wait to see what it's called. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good point. Um, Have yeah. you seen the new Scream yet? Not yet, and it just it, it came and went too fast for me. So I'm gonna have to wait till I can watch it at home, unfortunately. So that's okay. I, I hear. You. I think it's still playing in theaters some places, but I I haven't seen it yet either, and I'm like dying to. But we'll talk about that, I guess, sometime in the future. <laughs> yeah. Right. Um. Ooh, I just did something weird to my phone. Um. <laughs> uh, all right, great. I cause the most exciting I save, bit of news this week. I know. So, oh, there we go. I got it. Sometimes I save stories on my phone just to make life oh, easier. So it'll be like on the like I'll be like I'll have a minute to look at it at work or something, and I'll be like, ooh, save that, you know. So sometimes, like I keep like I keep the stories on the computer, make like notes and stuff, and sometimes they just save on my phone. So I keep my phone open when I'm talking, so I can look down and I might have a quote saved or something like that, you know. What I mean? mm-hmm. Anyway, um, quick hits. Okay. Mission Impossible 7 and 8 are coming. We talked about how they are being postponed due to probably COVID restrictions. Um, So they're just basically bumping them back each a year. Uh, Mission Impossible franchise is reportedly ending after the eighth installment. Um, No official word yet of these two films will serve as the series finale for the franchise, but Variety is indicating that this is indeed the end of the Ethan um, for Ethan Hunt and his comrades. Um, what I wonder is this, is it done or is it done for Ethan Hunt? And then we're going to like Tom Cruise will end no more mission impossibles for him, but we're going to wait like 10 years and then start over with a whole new team. 
I mean, my money nowadays is always on it either having a reboot or a sequel, <laughs> no matter what franchise we're talking about. Right. So I think you're on to something there. Well, but, um, I also will say this, having eight movies to the franchise is not that bad. I think, like, I know people don't like the second one, but ultimately I thought it was not, I didn't think it was horrible. Um, the rest of the movies are fantastic. I really like it. I can't wait to see these other next two movies, but um, I just thought it was interesting that they're saying that. So it's the final finale, I guess you could say. Yeah, that. They've they've had eight movies. Um, you know, they've kept the continuity intact. They've kept, you know, most of the cast intact. Um, they haven't ruined it, you know. Um, and I mean, how long has this series been going on? Like 25 years almost or something at this point? Like, it's pretty um, impressive overall. Yeah, I, I think so. I'd have to do the math on that. But so like 98, I think, is when the first movie came out. So 1998 was when the first one dropped. Yeah. Uh, 97 or 98, I think it's 98, but yeah. Um, so yeah, 98 to now. Um, all right, so let's move on. Um, Gotham Knights, we talked about CW looking to make a Gotham Knights television series. Um, it got moved to the pilot order at the CW, which is awesome. That's good news. I know a lot of shows go to pilot and you never see them. So there's a chance they could go to pilot and, um, that'd be the end of the conversation. Um, what that means, if you're not familiar with how TV stuff works, a show gets pitched, they say, let's do it. They start doing some pre-production stuff. They're going to order a pilot, which means they're going to get the actors together, costume the whole nine, they'll shoot the one single episode. And then depending on how it tests with the test audiences slash executives, they'll say, let's keep going. Um, Sometimes they have, might have to reshoot a pilot because they're going to give them notes and say, well, we don't like this. We like this. We want to change this. And then they go. Um, so it's good to know they're at least getting a pilot order. Um, let's see what happens. Awesome. Yeah, I know. I, I was like, <laughs> I don't know if you have a lot to say there, but yeah. <laughs> not too much to say yet. But yeah, overall, this sounds sure. cool. So we'll see where uh, it goes. Since we're on comic book news. Um, so my, one of my least favorite characters in the Marvel universe is Kraven the Hunter. And (laughs) (laughs) I know that there's a chance we're going to get a Kraven the Hunter film and, or a Kraven the Hunter cameo, or maybe he'll be a villain. Um, Russell Crowe has joined the cast of Sony's Kraven the Hunter. So is he going to be Kraven the Hunter? Um, it sounds like. Aaron Taylor Johnson is Craven the Hunter because it mm. says Russell Crowe will join Aaron Taylor Hunter, Aaron Taylor Johnson in Sony's Craven the Hunter with the first film slated for January 13th of 2023. Russell's, I mean, uh, Crowe's role is unknown, but reportedly many of the main characters are said to be Craven's family members. Um, for Russell Crowe, if he was going to play Craven the Hunter because of his age, it seems to me like a one film deal, but I know Craven the Hunter is a very popular Spider-Man villain um, yeah. as a big fan base for some reason. And <laughs> uh, and I have a feeling he's going to be around for a while. So to have like an old actor play him, I think that's weird. Um, yeah. You know what I mean? I, um, I, I'm kind of laughing because I'm kind of in agreement with you. I never thought Craven was really that cool but i do see these people online who just love craven the hunter and i'm kind of in the same way like i don't necessarily get it but you know i'm happy that you like it um but i do like both of those actors and stuff and i guess we'll see where this goes and 
who knows, like maybe the Craven the Hunter uh, trailer will come out and I'll just be jonesing to see it. You know, you, <laughs> you never know how this is going to play out. So, right. Um, in other Marvel news in the Spider-Verse world, Dakota Johnson will be joining the Spider-Verse. Um, she's going to play Madam Web in Sony's uh, Marvel Cinematic Universe, I guess you could say. Um, so in the Spider-Verse, she'll be playing Madam Web. Um, first off, I'm a I really, really like Dakota Johnson as an actress. Um, okay. There's something specific about her um, that I really, really enjoy watching. Uh, one of the things that really catches my attention every time I see her on screen is her facial expressions. Um, she, she's a, first off, she's a really good actress, but there's something about her facial expressions that always seem so genuine and real, almost like she's not acting, but it's that good of a performance where you can't tell the difference between the acting versus the real person. Do you know what I mean? Um, right. and I really, really like, I really appreciate it's like, she really pays attention to her craft and she's just, I just think she's really good. So to see, like, an actor of that caliber joining this, not like they're not, like, I feel like she's on the A-list category, if you will, or the younger of the A-list categories. Um, so not that the other actors aren't good. I just feel she's a really good, high-quality actor joining the crowd. So, um, and then uh, I don't know what you know about Madam Webb, but um, she she's she'll she'll be a thorn in spider-man's side is the best way of wording it because she's it's 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 a question of whether she's a good guy or a bad guy for a while and that kind of thing so um that'll be an interesting uh character for her to play she's also a blind character so that'll be interesting too <laughs> um to see nice. how it plays out so um, yeah i um i haven't really seen like i was just kind of looking at dakota johnson's imdb and i haven't seen much of the movies that she's been in so i don't have too much of an opinion but uh i just think it's cool to see this spider-verse starting to get fleshed out you know i think um i mean love it or hate it i think there's sony's doing gonna be doing some interesting stuff so we'll just have to see how everything plays out sure you know <laughs> um well speaking of sony sony one of the things we don't talk a lot about on the show is video games uh they come up every now and then but we don't talk too much about them uh, there were, there's been a couple acquisitions lately in the gaming world that have really shaken up things. Um, you have Microsoft bought Activision, so now Microsoft owns Call of Duty and Blizzard and, you know, some other stuff like that. Uh, so they own, like, big, they own some big-name titles, and there was a big uh, thing on the Internet where a lot of the fans were like, what's going on? These games are going to be exclusive. You're only going to get them on Xbox, blah, blah, blah. Um, and in the midst of that, Sony turns around and buys Bungie the creator of Halo, and you're like, hold on, the creator of Halo is now owned by the, the people who created the PlayStation? What's going on? Like, this is, <laughs> like, there's some, there's been some acquisitions that have been some big shakeups within the gaming community, but it doesn't sound, but it sounds like we're all panicking for nothing. Um, mm -hmm. But Sony, however, wants to help Bungie turn its franchises into movies. Are we talking about Halo? Maybe, but I actually think they're talking about Destiny more than anything. Uh, oh, interesting. Bungie uh, wants to mature, nurture their IP they have into a multidimensional manner, and that's their hope. For uh, that, we believe we can help do that. We have Sony Pictures and we have Sony Music, and Bungie can leverage our platform that their IP can flourish and grow big. That's from Sony's uh, CFO. Um, and I don't know how to pronounce his name because it's Japanese and I don't want to butcher it. So, um, he, um, 
it's interesting because I played a whole bunch of Destiny 2, and I really, really liked what I played. And to see that being turned into a movie, that's going to have to be a multi-film thing to really explain that. Um, so they could, like, they're going to do a lot of groundwork because it's such an original IP. It's and the re- I, If you say a Star Wars movie's coming, we don't have to ask questions. We're going to go see a Star Wars movie. If you say a Marvel movie's coming, a lot of times we don't ask questions. We just go because it's Marvel, right? Mm-hmm. The world building's already done. To take something brand new that, yes, Destiny has a fan base. Yes, it has a built-in audience, so the Destiny fans are going to go see it. But for the non-Destiny fans, the average moviegoer, to get them in the seat to start looking at this and going, ooh, this is a really cool science fiction crazy story, and for them to really jump on the bandwagon for that, you're going to have to really sell that or really mark, like properly get that film done. Um, so I wish them all the best of luck. I just think it's going to be a hard property to adapt. Um, yeah, it sounds like it sounds like with the scope of the story and the world and stuff, it is going to going to be hard to adapt. Um, I want to have faith that destiny has a big enough fan base and presence um in the world of pop culture that it actually could be a hit film series um and it is kind of exciting that yes this is a video game adaptation but it's also something that we haven't seen on the big screen you know before um so i i still think even though it's an adaptation it's still not a sequel or a reboot of some old movie we've already seen and already love you know it's something new in that sense so i'm hoping that this actually has some really cool stuff on the horizon for us but uh, yeah again we'll have to see <laughs> how this one plays okay. out um all right moving on uh goosebumps live yeah. action tv series is headed to disney plus it was really funny you sent me the text saying hey if we got time let's talk about this and i had literally just saved that as a story on my phone oh, that's right funny. when that text came in <laughs> nice um you are a much bigger Goosebumps fan than I am, so why don't you uh, give me your thoughts on this, man? Um, well, I, I think it's one of those things where I saw this story, um, I saw that it was coming to Disney+, Plus, and uh, overall I just thought it was exciting. Like, okay, awesome, new Goosebumps series, and then also it's going to be on e- Disney+, Plus. you know, that's like super ac- accessible, you know, I have that streaming app, so... I was just excited overall. The only thing I'm not that excited about is um, the fact that it sounds like the series is going to be closer to the Goosebumps movies, where it's kind of a meta world where, I don't know, if you watch the, the Goosebumps movies, it gets pretty meta, where it's these kids who interact with R.L. Stein as an actual person, and he's got all these magical goosebumps manuscripts that come alive and monsters Mm -hmm. come out of all his books and stuff and it sounds like this series is going to kind of have that kind of route and i honestly was hoping for something closer to the original goosebumps tv series yeah Yeah, where it's an anthology series where every episode is a different story and maybe we could revisit some of those old goosebumps stories and kind of um i don't know basically just uh, I guess improve it for today's audience, you know, like get some better special effects in there, maybe adjust the pacing and the tone and just make some really cool kids horror stories. You know what I mean? Um, but 
with that all being said, I don't know how this is going to play out. And maybe it's going to be a series that has the same core group of characters, but they still go through a bunch of the Goosebumps stories kind of like you'll you'll have the same characters in each one, but maybe they'll still play go through the different Goosebumps books and events will play out like if you were actually reading the books, if that makes sense. I don't know if I know exactly how to word what I'm trying to say, but yeah. I guess I'm hoping for the best. I'm really interested in this, um, but I'm yeah, I'm not sure what all to think of it so far, but also like I'm in my 30s and this is going to be a show aimed for kids who are like 10 years old. <laughs> so I'm way out of the demographic. And right. if it's awesome for the kids who are watching it, then they've done everything they need to do with this one. You know what I mean? Yeah. Well, I can say that the show has been given a 10 episode order um, for Disney plus. So um, that should be exciting for you. Goosebumps fans. Not that I'm not going to watch it. I'm just saying this. Yeah. Looking forward to it more than I am. So <laughs> right on. Um, yeah. All right. Um, couple more stories. So first off, the Oscar nominees are in. Um, I'm not going to go through the full list because it's a lot. Um, <laughs> I'm just happy because there's a lot of movies that, um, like I watched a lot this year in comparison to like last year. And, uh, um, in, in comparison to the past two years and going into this Oscars, like I'm knowing a lot of the movies, but here's the best picture list. Um, Belfast, uh, Coda, Don't Look Up. I loved that movie. I thought that's awesome. They got a best picture. <laughs> uh, Drive My Car, Dune, mm-hmm. uh, which I think is interesting. Dune got a ton of nominations. Dune is like the Mad Max this year. Um, so I think that's interesting. Uh, King Richard, uh, Licorice Pizza, um, Nightmare Alley, The Power of the Dog, and West Side Story. Um, so that's your best picture. Nice. List. Uh, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, ten movies. So um, let's um, let's see how that plays out. And West Side Story, I believe, is going to be on Disney Plus real soon. Um, so I actually look forward to watching that. I want to see that because it's the one. The big reason I want to see that is because it's Spielberg. So. Um, oh, I didn't even realize that. I re- I remember it being kind of hyped, and I completely forgot that it came out. Um, but it's kind of cool to see it's nominated for Best Picture because the original is so well revered. And uh, it's kind of cool to see the new one is as well. A lot of times reboots of movies like that don't hold up as well. But, uh, yeah, that's really interesting. Um, all right. You ready for the weird story of the night? <laughs> sure. And this is totally real. I'm not making this up. Build-A-Bear is launching an adult-only After Dark collection. Okay. Pause to let you <laughs> let that sink in. Uh, Build a Bear Workshop. <laughs> Build a Bill Workshop launched an After Dark line last year designed for adults. Most of these stuffed animals center around uh, alcohol, sports, or dating. Um, and then uh, oh, okay. there's a picture of a lion in a weird like robe smoking jacket kind of a thing. And it says, but this lion is definitely trying to seduce you. Um, so yes, this is a, an adult only <laughs> after dark collection, but if you've ever been in a build a bear workshop, I feel like, I feel like the after dark build a bear collection is in the back room, kind of like the old video stores, you know, the back adult section that you weren't supposed to go. 
Like I totally see that. I don't I don't even know how to like I my brain doesn't know how to like quantify this at all. Um <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, the uh the click remote is in that back room too. Um Yeah. No, no, uh I don't know. You brought up the story and uh my initial reaction was like Oh crap! The furries got to them too. Uh, totally joking, but uh, no. Here, the dis- <laughs> well, I don't want to be too disparaging to, know, to furries, but that was the original thought I had. But uh, no, to be honest, like hearing the actual description of what this is, it sounds a lot more innocent than the title <laughs> leads on. <laughs> so it's kind of uh, yeah, I'm not sure what to think about this. Yeah, I know. <laughs> overall, um. Yeah, anyway. All right, one more news story, and let's uh, talk about our list. Uh, Futurama is coming back. It's being revived by Hulu. So yeah. for all you Futurama fans, you got some new uh, you got some new Futurama coming. It's ordered for a 20 episodes Futurama with uh, David X. Cohen, Matt Groening on board, alongside original voice actors Billy West, Katie, uh, Katie Seagal, um, Maurice LaMarche, uh, Lauren Tom, Phil Lamar. Um, the big part of this story is that Joe DiMaggio, who originally played Bender, is not returning. Yeah. Um, and he's reportedly not coming back for the uh, revival due to negotiation uh, issues. And it sounds like um, fans are going to boycott the show if he's not brought back. So I think that's interesting. I also find it interesting that they're like, I don't know what negotiation issues they could be looking at. Um, yeah. So I know John DiMaggio. Did I say Joe DiMaggio? Okay, that was my bad. John DiMaggio, um, he's just <laughs> a big part of that show, and he's one of the, like, probably one of the most well-known voice actors out there. Um, so I'm just surprised um, that that's becoming an issue. So Yeah, Bender is like, a huge part of that show and what makes that show funny and awesome. And knowing that that specific voice actor isn't coming back is as much as like, cause I'm, I'm a pretty, I'm not like hardcore fan, but I'm a pretty decent Futurama fan. Like I was really excited to see this, but knowing that Bender, the same actor isn't going to be coming back. It is really disappointing. And uh, I'm with you, Drew. Like I really want to know the specific reasons why, this went down um i didn't know there was a boycott of the show um and i feel like it's something i need to look into more because i am really excited for more futurama but is you know i don't know if this is one of those things that i'm gonna have to boycott it as well i'll have to research that a little bit but um i don't know the bright side the one of my favorite parts about futurama and um Family Guy is a good example of this, as well as Young Justice is uh, these are series that you can see that the fans love and uh, dedication to these shows has brought these like all those shows I mentioned, as well as a few others have been those shows have been brought back from the dead where they have been canceled or ended and uh, they keep coming back in new iterations. And it's all because of the fan support and love and uh you know, being a fan of all this cool stuff we're into, it's really empowering to hear stories like this because I also think of the Snyder Cut, and it's just really cool to think about how our love for certain series can, uh, you know, you as a fan, you can really make stuff happen in the uh, entertain, entertainment industry. And uh, I guess that's my positive spin, even though as, as, as disappointing as it is with 
having the original Bender voice actor not coming back, I guess that's my positive spin on the whole situation, <laughs> if you will. So Right, right. Um, well, anyway, that's a nice segue to talk about the voice acting situation, because that literally takes us into this week's list. Um, you want to talk about that list tonight? Yeah, absolutely. All right. So, Ryan, do us a favor and roll the thing. Peter, so this was my list. So let me give a quick breakdown. So I, um, I'm a huge fan of animation, and I've been so like my whole life. I've always been into cartoons, even as a even as a, the adult that I am today. I watch a lot of cartoons more than I actually thought I would. But it goes from like me watching the kids' cartoons, and now I'm watching a lot of adult stuff. Like Vox Machina is a perfect example of that. Um, the new season of Sword Art Online just dropped on Netflix, which I was unaware of. I thought it was another year out. Um, so I was very excited to see that. Um, so that's going to be on my watch list here real soon. Um, but I've always, but I've slowly gotten into voice actors and I got, I paid really close attention into the voice acting world, uh, during Star Wars, the Clone Wars, when that show was airing on, uh, Cartoon Network, because, (laughs) Um, I was listening to podcasts where they were interviewing the voice actors and you're hearing about who's playing what and like the multiple voices, the levels of talent and all that stuff. Um, I got really into it and started to like do research and watch certain things because of certain voice actors mm-hmm. um, or play video games because of certain voice actors and so on and so on. Um, so I thought this would be a really fun list to talk about. Um, I don't know how you tackled your list. I don't know if you found this difficult. Um, I found it difficult a little bit. Just because I was like, ooh, this will be a good idea. And then I was like, ooh, wow, okay, there's a lot to work with here. Um, but uh, I, I just figured this all comes down to the conversation anyway, right? So um, I do have one honorable mention, and it's a bit of a cheat. That's why it's an honorable mention. Nice. <laughs> uh, but, uh, <laughs> but I don't know what you got, so what do you got for me? Um, yeah, well, really quick, I wanted to say, like, I did find this list hard, but it was a little bit of um, how to narrow down my list to five people. And I kind of feel like I've given certain franchises and certain areas of the animated world a little bit more love than others on this list. Um, I kind of wish my list could be longer, but um, I've never been like a hardcore voice actor fanatic. But I think this list is one of those things where if you like cartoons and animation and anime, like you just got to think of the voice actors or you just got to think of the characters that you like the voice acting of you just have to think of you know which cartoon character do i really like that voice and then you look up who plays them and then a lot of times to your surprise oh they also played this character and this other character that i like and there's this other one and it's kind of it the voice acting world is kind of a small uh selection of people i feel but it's kind of really cool in that regard and uh just since you gave your a little bit of your history with like your voice acting fandom, I can kind of give that as well because I remember always being into animation and stuff, but never really thinking a lot about voice acting. And I think it was the first time I went to Anime Central, the Chicago anime convention back in, uh, I think 2010 was the first year I went to that and going there and realizing like, man, these people really love voice actors. (laughs) Like the anime fandom really, really cherishes their voice actors. And it kind of made me 
start paying more attention to that when I watch an animated series, um, which is really awesome. Um, with all that being said, I have two honorable mentions, actually, so I could just jump okay. into those if you want. Well, before you go, before you start talking about your list, one of the things that I think is interesting about the voice acting community is that I don't think some of these people get the credit that they are absolutely to get. Um, and what happens is, is you have you have a big name movie like a Toy Story, for example. And instead of hiring these voice actors who could probably like you could probably hire one guy and do the entire film. They hire yeah. these massive named actors to like Tom Hanks and Tim Allen and, you know, like just you get the, all these giant actors to play these animated characters and the animated and the voice actor guy who's made his career off doing animations like, well, that could have been me, you know, like. <laughs> That's Absolutely. the thing. Like, I just don't think these guys get the credit that they deserve, in my opinion. But that's OK. Yeah. Um, at the um, same time, there are some like Pixar specific almost voice actors that are out there. Like um, I don't know the character's name, but the piggy bank character in Toy Story like that guy does voices for like almost all the Pixar films. And it's kind of really yeah, cool to see his John, voice pop up. John Ratzenberger plays ham. Right. That, yeah. John Ratzenberger plays ham. And yeah, he's in all the Pixar films. So yeah, so he's it is cool to Cheers. see. What's that? He's Cliff from Cheers. Oh really? <laughs> oh, yeah. Okay. Okay. Right. Okay. I I didn't make that connection before. Oh. Um, okay. But well. <laughs> my point was just it's it's kind of cool to see. Yeah, Pixar does get cast these huge name Hollywood actors for a lot of their roles, but they do have these repeat bit part actors that repeat as well, and I think that's kind of. Uh, that is kind of cool. Um, but yeah, I guess uh, jumping into my first pick, kind of going with uh, somebody who's done a lot more just obscure voice acting. I went with uh, the voice actor Tommy Blanca or Blancha. It's a B-L-A-N-C-H-A. So I'm not sure how that's pronounced, but this is a guy, Drew, I don't know if you're familiar with him, but he's mostly done work on Adult Swim shows, actually, like He's done some roles on Aqua Teen Hunger Force and China, Illinois, and a couple other ones. But my favorite acting of his is actually in Metalocalypse. And it's kind of funny because he does he does the voices of characters like William Murderface, Toki Wartooth, <laughs> and most importantly, in my <laughs> in my opinion, Dr. Roxo, the rock and roll clown. <laughs> and if you're unfamiliar yep. with this character, I feel like you got to youtube it because this is a character who's just so hilarious because metalocalypse is a series a really fantastical like crazy animation series about a death metal band but dr roxo is kind of this washed up like hair metal clown character who does a lot of drugs and just yells these crazy songs and is just super obnoxious and uh drew when you pitched this list this is one of the first characters i thought of just because i love the dr roxo voice and per persona so well so much and uh it just he just cracks me up and i remember uh when metalocalypse first came out i remember hanging out with a couple friends and we were really into the show and uh at the time i could actually do an amazing dr roxo impression i'm not gonna try tonight because it's been a very long time since i've done it but <laughs> We actually, I remember at one point hanging out with my friends, we actually went out to eat somewhere or something. And in the car while we were driving, I was like yelling Dr. Roxo lines out the window at people. 
whole one. It was pretty awesome. But yeah, I just love uh, I love that character. I also love uh, William Murderface is a great uh, character. Like he's hilarious um, for if any of you people don't remember, he's the bassist from Metalocalypse. And this actor does the voice of him as well. So I don't know, just really funny stuff and really cool voices that that guy has done. So, yeah. Yeah, right on. Um, you just have the one honorable mention or you have two. Sorry, I do have two. And I don't know if I should go again or if you want to go or I believe if you go again, that allows it to keep the back and forth correct for the end. Okay. yeah. Yeah. Perfect. Um, So my next one, I can keep pretty short, even though this is an actor who I, in my opinion, has one of the coolest voices of all time. Like his voice is so booming, so powerful. And that actor is Christopher Lee. And he he's known primarily as a live action actor, but he does count for this list because, you know, he's voiced uh, Count Dooku and the Clone Wars, for example, um, as well as he's done some other animated work. He didn't all, he didn't do all of Count Dooku. Oh, he didn't do all of it. No, I, I did. Well, of, I looked a lot it of those... up and I. Some of the movie guys like Samuel Jackson, Christopher Lee, they specifically came back for the Clone Wars movie and then it was other actors doing them for the rest. Okay. of Okay. Yeah. And maybe that was it because I did look I was looking him up and I did see he had a Count Dooku credit for an animated thing, but I didn't know if it was the show or the Clone Wars movie or what. Um, but my basic point is he does count for this list in that regard, but He's also somebody who I mostly appreciate his voice from his live action work, of course. But I just remember um, there's been moments where like, you know, TBS or something will have a Lord of the Rings marathon going on and it'll be on in the background. And I remember just hearing uh, Christopher Lee playing Saruman and his voice just booming through the room and just like, man, this guy's voice is so freaking awesome. And uh, yeah, he just had to make my list. But like I said, I know him or I appreciate I appreciate him primarily for his live action stuff. And that's why he's an honorable mention for me. So, yeah. Nice. Nice. Um, Yeah. So. All right. So that kind of (laughs) goes to me, right? Yeah. All right. So this is the reason this makes an honorable mention is because it's the entire cast and it's not one dude. Okay. Um, that's the cast of the Animaniacs. Um, Rob Paulson, oh, Chris LaMarche, you know, that, so on and so on. That, like, those actors, first off, they're incredibly talented in the sense that they don't just play their respective character, they play multiple, multiple characters within the show. And the amount of characters on Animaniacs, it's just such a wide range of talent um, in a general sense. I don't need to talk too much about it because Animaniacs is such a wonderful show, but... You see what you see my point. Like, it's just I couldn't narrow it down to one guy from that show. So I'm like, it's going honorable mention just so I could talk and say, hey, the cast is amazing. So, yeah, absolutely. And then you bring in like Pinky and the Brain and there's just so many good. Right. And the voice acting in that show in general, you know, Brain, who's voiced by Maurice LaMarche. He is that's one voice from that series that I've always wanted to try and get down for myself. But I just it's I just can't figure it out. (laughs) Yeah. It's just it's like a master at his, you know, a master at the top of his craft kind of thing. Um, And I got to see uh, the Animaniacs cast live. So it was really nice to see them live and uh, listen to them tell their stories and stuff and then break out some of the voices. And, you know, uh, Rob Paulson, who plays Yakko, came out and sang Yakko's World, which was awesome. So, you know what I mean? (laughs) That's great. 
is um was that at like a convention you saw that or yeah it was it was it was one of the it was one of the c2e2s i had to do without you um nice went to that panel um i do have i believe i recorded a chunk of the audio from it and put it on one of our c2e2 episodes did i i might not have recorded that one no that that sounds familiar um if i but it's been a while since episode, I've if i didn't put it on the episode, episode there's a reason i didn't put it on the episode um but i thought i recorded audio from that um, fair enough yeah anyway <laughs> what's your first actual pick of the night yeah so my first actual pick um i was just talking about christopher lee and his awesome booming voice and uh, i went to another awesome booming voice and this pick is lower on the list because i've only seen him voice act a couple of roles but I just think his voice is just so cool. Like he has such a cool sounding and just low guttural awesome voice that he just had to make my list. And that is uh, Kevin Grievous. Um, Drew, okay. I don't know if you know this voice actor, but he is the guy who did Black Beetle on the Young Justice series. Um, he's also one of the main writers of the Underworld series. And he's um, he plays like one of the werewolves in Underworld. And he's had a bunch of like kind of side or like bit bit parts and a lot of other movies and shows. He's one of those guys that if you don't know him, but if you look him up, you'll probably be like, oh, that guy, I've seen him before. But I just really like this one comes from really loving Young Justice. And uh, in the second season, his portrayal as Black Beetle was just so badass. Like anytime that character was on screen, you could could not ignore the voice he has because it's just such a low just like awesome intimidating sounding voice and i just love it so uh yeah i don't have too much to say on this one but uh no kevin grievous is pretty cool so there you go <laughs> all right uh my first one is uh from one of the uh actresses from critical role um and i mean yes i've been watching a lot of that recently just because it's on but because of vox machina the legend of vox machina on amazon prime um, I'm specifically referring to Laura Bailey. Um, she is probably one of my favorite voice actors from the Critical Role cast. Um, she, if, uh, in terms of Vox Machina, she plays Vexalia. Okay. Um, but she has a massive, if you like IMDb her, she has a massive, massive list of video games and anime and cartoons. Like, she's been around in the industry for a really long time doing voice, voice work. Um, but... The, the reason she makes my list is because she has this incredible range from being able to do different voices, the different dialects, the different accents, like all this stuff. And then and this is the part that really makes her stand out, in my opinion. She's a master at improv and being able to think on her feet. Yeah. A lot of times when you're doing voice work for like a television show, you get a script and you're in a booth and you record the lines as is. But then when you watch her on something like Critical Role, which is all live and has to be done on the fly, it's like watching her brain think and function and respond as quickly as she does without hesitation is just it's it's that master at their craft kind of thing that just leaves you in awe um, at, at how good they are. Um, and one of the things and I talked about this about I think I mentioned this a couple of weeks ago at Critical Role, because with the Vox Machina thing that's come up a lot, it's like watching a live television show. But being able to see them behind the scenes at the same time mm -hmm. um, and being able to watch them process as they work, it's just I just completely blown away by it. 
Um, and I and she is probably one of the strongest cast members on the show. Um, so that's why she makes my list tonight. But yeah, uh, most nice. notably in terms of anime, I'm not a big Dun- uh, Dragon Ball Z fan, but she is known for Dragon Ball Z. That's one of her bigger credits in terms of anime. So. Um, oh, interesting. Well, yeah. I, I have enjoyed her uh, portrayal on uh, Vax Machina and um, the improv aspect is a cool thing to point out, especially on a show like Critical Role. I think that would lend for uh, lend to make the episodes a lot more exciting and hilarious and stuff. So that's really cool. Yeah. Um, OK, so moving into my next pick, um, Drew, I'm not sure if this is something that we matched on, but I actually went with uh, Tara Strong. Oh, wow. Yeah. OK. Okay, did we match? We did, or we did no? not match, but yeah, good call. <laughs> yeah, um, no, Tara Strong is just an awesome voice actor who uh, she's probably most well known for do for uh, playing Harley Quinn and a lot of different um, Harley DC Quinn and Batgirl, and then um, yeah, Raven on uh, yeah, Ra- go and <laughs> Raven Sorry. was the other one I was going to point out, and then she's also uh, really well known as playing Bubbles on the Powerpuff Girls and. Uh, She's one of those voice actors when you look at her IMDb sort of uh, acting, um, you know, list. She's just in so many different animated series and video games and just so many different things that it's like it's kind of crazy. I feel like uh, she's kind of the voice of a lot of people's childhoods. And uh, for me, it's really I think Harley Quinn as well as Raven are the two roles in uh sort of the DC animated series that I've really like glommed onto that she's played. Like I love her voice acting as both of those characters. And I think they're really uh, distinct and really relatable and all the best ways possible. Um, But I also like one of the things that really impressed me about her was uh, I remember an old episode of the fat man on Batman podcast with Kevin Smith, where he, interviewed Tara Strong and I remember while he was interviewing her she was like uh amidst the dialogue she was kind of changing characters like willy-nilly like she'd say half of a sentence as like bubbles and then switch to Harley Quinn and then switch to like some other character and it was kind of just like a really amusing but super impressive uh way to listen to a voice actor display their craft. And uh, I just remember listening to that, that episode and being super impressed by that. So I don't know if, uh, I don't know if I have too much else to say about her. I don't know if you have any comments, Drew, but yeah. Well, the thing that was interesting was when I was putting my list together, I really wanted, I was looking at the DC world um, just in terms of the DC animation, because I love it. And I was like, Oh yeah, Kevin Conroy and Tara strong. And I was like pulling names out. And then I was like, well, I really just like Kevin Conroy because he's Batman. And not that that's bad, but I'm also like... <laughs> oh, I gotcha, I gotcha. You know what I mean? It's like, I, I feel like when I'm talking about my favorite voice actors, a lot of the, my favorites are the ones that handle multiple roles and do, like, big things. And, like, Kevin Conroy's been playing Batman for so long. And Tara Strong yeah. is phenomenal. I love her to death. Um, and I cringe sometimes when I find out she's not playing Harley Quinn. But, yeah. And then I hear the voice and I'm like, like Kaylee Cuoco is Harley Quinn and the Harley Quinn show. And it works like so well. And I love it. Um, So there's times when I'm like, but crap, it's not Tara Strong. You know what I mean? So that's that's why some of these actors made my short list. And then I was like, but I'm looking at like sheer level of talent, too. So, like, I guess I'm trying to like, I, you know what? I, I don't know. Like, it's, no, it's hard to quantify that, I guess you'd say. So it is a hard balance because. um. Yeah, it is hard to decide, like, do you 
like their voice acting like really a lot for a specific character or are you looking for somebody based on their like the variety variety of characters they play like it is a hard thing to quantify as you're saying so i think i have a little bit of both on my list so yeah but uh what do you got well, next <laughs> well the next is um i don't think half of these people would be in the voice acting industry if it wasn't for this one guy um because he did the entirety of Looney Tunes, and that's uh, voice actor Mel Blanc. Uh, <laughs> we actually matched on this one. We did? Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I was wondering if we were, but then again, at the same time, you know. Um, but yeah, Mel Blanc is literally, I think aside from maybe like one or two characters, he is the voice of every single Looney Tunes character. Um, mm-hmm. And it's just, it's like crazy to think about that he was basically like in a booth, like, hey, this is the characters you have. This character, this character, and this character on screen. It's the, They're the only characters in the show. And you're just like, well, now get in the booth and start recording because <laughs> you're the only one that did the voices. You know what I mean? Yeah. And it's just crazy to think about. But then when you think about the distinction between each character from, you know, Elmer Fudd to uh, Bugs Bunny to Sylvester, and you're just like, well, dude, that was one guy. You know what I mean? Like, it's it's just incredible. So um, yeah, that's that's one you just kind of look at and you just like are in awe about, you know. No, I absolutely agree. Um, I think he's kind of one of these voice actors that kind of I almost feel like he just was the voice actor of my childhood, and I didn't know when I was younger, you know. <laughs> but uh, no, when you look at all the characters he's played, and like you've said, like at any given point, like he's played. Or he's played pretty much every Looney Tunes character, um, at least at certain points. And it's really impressive. Um, he also went on, like, researching for this list, I was seeing that he went on to play, like, Barney Rubble on the Flintstones, as well as, I, fe- I think he was uh, George Jetson's boss. I can't remember that character's name, but um, he went on to work with Hanna-Barbera. And there's a whole slew of characters over there that I feel like people would know him for as well. But uh it's hard to know what to say. It's just Mel Blanc, like you said, played pretty much all the Looney Tunes characters. And just thinking about that, I mean, he had so many dynamic and awesome portrayals in there. And uh, no, it's just a really cool legacy that he left behind, you know? Yeah. Um, we matched. So that kind of throws yep. it back to me, doesn't it? OK, yep. so the next one on my list is D. Bradley Baker. Do you know this actor? I don't know the name, but I'm sure I know some of the roles he played. Uh, yeah, keep going, uh, though. Uh, ooh, I don't know how to... Okay, uh, you will, very quickly. Um, this guy is known for, very, most recently, he's known very heavily for Star Wars The Clone Wars. Um, okay. Because he is the voice of every clone. Um, and one of the things that really makes him stand out is... How many clones are there in Star Wars? I mean, it's an army. He voices them in a way that each clone feels unique. Mm-hmm. Like they all have to have the same voice, so he does the voice. But they all feel unique and individual, which is really mm-hmm. interesting. And then on top of that, he does the voice for the entirety of the Bad Batch, for the Star Wars Bad Batch show. But he's also known for American Dad, Phineas and Ferb, uh, SpongeBob SquarePants, uh, Muppet Babies. Uh, he plays Elgi on the Peacemaker show. Um, Star Trek Prodigy. Um, he does a lot of the Marvel uh, animation stuff. Uh, he plays multiple characters in Young Justice. Um, he, uh, Masters of the Universe. Uh, he's Savage He-Man. 
Um, he does Family Guy. Um, <laughs> let me see here. Um, I'm also he, he's Elmac in the Legend of the Hidden Temple TV series. <laughs> I, I was gonna say that, and that is freaking badass. Um, I'm right. looking at kind of just some. Google images to see the different characters he's played. I do see uh, Squidward on there, which is pretty right. awesome. Right. People have said I sound like Squidward, so of course I'm going to think that's cool. I see some various uh, Avatar that the last Airbender characters, including uh, Appa, which is the giant um, air bison that they fly around on, which is yeah. pretty cool. But uh, it looks like his just catalog is just massive. His and catalog's uh, insane. And like, yeah, and that's the thing, like. And I didn't know, and this is the thing where I started to really pay attention and Star Wars Clone Wars came out. And I was like, oh, that's this Voight actor, you know, so on and so on. And you learn about all these things that they've done. And you're just like, holy cow, is <laughs> nuts. So, um, but yeah, no, D. Bradley Baker and like, I've heard interviews where they were interviewing some of the Clone Wars voice actors. And they were talking about how a lot of times they get asked to like, you know, do some of the lines of dialogue here and there, but because D Bradley Baker does all the clones and then you throw in the fact that he does all these, like he does creatures and stuff. Sometimes he'll just be in the corner, like making noises and trying to like figure out how to make that sound effect or something like that. You know what I mean? So, um, which is <laughs> really funny. You're always making like animal noises and you're like, how do you do that? You know? Um, <laughs> so yeah, that's, that's my next pick and why. So, no, that's that seems like a great pick. I um I did see this guy while like trying to put my list together. I think um I don't know if he has any voices that like I I just like absolutely adored enough, but I think he's definitely like a great pick and has like that huge variety and uh looking at it more, I feel like I appreciate this voice actor even more than I uh realized, if you will, but um Sure. Uh, anyways, moving into my next pick, I can make this quick because, Drew, you actually meant, already mentioned it, but uh, I went with Kevin Conroy. And uh, like okay. you said, this is an actor who, yeah, like I mostly just like him for his portrayal of Batman and the DC animated stuff. So it's not necessarily the most variety sort of pick I could go with, but I think it is this thing where his portrayal of Batman is just so iconic and it's so unique and so legendary and he kind of set a standard for how Batman's voice should be played that I feel like nobody's even matched to this date and it's one of those things where sometimes you do have the the voice actors who can do such a wide variety of different things and sometimes you have the ones that are really well known for like that one voice but oh they play that voice so well like I also kind of think of the guy who plays um Optimus Prime, and I'm sure that guy has other things, but I mostly know him for having that amazing Optimus Prime voice. And I think uh, Kevin Conroy is kind of in the same way where if I think of the the animated series I grew up on and I try to think of like who had the most iconic voice acting from that era, like I feel like it'd be hard to find somebody who could stand up to Kevin Conroy's Batman performance. You know what I mean? Well, and that's the thing in terms of perform live action performance versus animated performance. Now, ultimately they're still uh, performing the character. They're still performing the lines of dialogue and all the emotions and everything. They're just doing it behind the microphone and the cartoon has to speak for the visuals. When you say, who's your Batman? My answer is always Kevin Conroy. 
Yeah. You know what I mean? And so many people are like, wait, I don't know who that is. Which is sad, but they do know who that is. They just didn't put two and two together. Um, and Kevin Conroy is, I mean, I know i know that the comic book fans, and I know that the watchers of the show know who Kevin Conroy is. I'm just talking about the average person, like, when you're at a party and someone's like, well, who's your Batman? And I say, Kevin Conroy. It's like, wait, who's that? You know? Um, <laughs> I, used to, I usually kind of like to go, like, well, we all know it's Kevin Conroy, but let's entertain the idea of the live action actors and talk about, you know, Michael Keaton versus Christian Bale, et cetera. But at the end of the day, like you can't deny how well Kevin Conroy played that character. Yeah. And um, I know that I kind of I kind of buried the lead a little bit when you were talking about Tara Strong earlier, but we did match on Kevin Conroy. <laughs> oh, OK. Uh, I Because yeah. of the way you were talking about it, I thought you weren't going to mention him. Actually, well, it was so. it was just weird when I was like putting him on my list. I'm like, well, I really just want him on here for one character. Is that, like, <laughs> yeah, absolutely. In terms of how I wanted the show to go, is that OK? Does that work right? You know what I mean? Like, yeah. Um, so, I, I, I definitely understand where you're going with that. It was just it was just weird. And that's why like Tara Strong didn't make my list, you know, like, but hey. Um anyway, uh that throws it back to you because we match on that one. I just didn't have anything to add to the Kevin Conroy thing other than the fact that he's my Batman. You know what yeah. I mean? That's one that's one Batman voice I try to mimic compared to the other ones. Um because yeah. it's not like I don't feel like there's anyone out there that can do a good Kevin Conroy. So yeah, and I'm, and I feel like I can uh, do it now. I just want to do it privately in the car. I think I'm spot on. So. <laughs> yeah, and I uh, I feel like you can't deny how iconic his voice is and how he kind of just like he kind of just became everybody's subconscious Batman voice without yeah. us knowing, and it's just awesome. So um, that actually segues well into my next pick because I actually went with Mark Hamill, so that would round out my list, but. It's one of those things like Kevin Conroy, Mark Hamill, like they just made this really awesome duo for the top of my list. And Mark Hamill, I know he's done some other voice acting work, but I'm just really I really know and love his voice acting for his portrayal of the Joker in Batman, the animated series and other DC animated product projects. And he's. Again, like his voice acting as the Joker, it's kind of like probably my favorite vo Joker voice. And it's just he has so much character. And uh, I don't know. I love the dynamicism that he brings to that voice, how he can sound evil and maniacal. And he can also sound sad and relatable. And it's just if you watch the DC animated Batman stuff and watch Mark Hamill Hamill's portrayals, it's kind of amazing how how well he plays that character and how many different moods and uh, aspects of the character he can portray. Um, and I also like relating back to something you said about Tara Strong, Drew, anytime I see another actor play the Joker in an animated movie or show, I'm always like, well, why didn't you get Mark Hamill? You know, <laughs> right. like I know on, on uh, young justice, um, I remember they had Brent Spiner play the Joker and I was like, well, Brent Spiner's cool, but I'd rather just see Mark Hamill play him, you know? So right. I don't know. Uh, I don't know if we matched on this one or I'm sure you have some thoughts on Mark Hamill. No, sure. we didn't, but I'm totally hear you with the Mark Hamill thing. Like he set a precedent for the Joker's voice should sound like set a precedent for the Joker's laugh and all that stuff. And when you try and throw someone else into that role in an animated sense, it doesn't work in my brain. It's just like, no, that's not right. 
The one actor I will say that I will commend in terms of Lat is Troy Baker, because the because the first time I heard it, I was like, wait, that's Mark Hamill. And then I like I'm like, something sounds off, but this is Mark Hamill. I know it. And then I'm like, no, this is a totally different like actor. And he I don't know how he does it, but he like channels Mark Hamill in the most perfect way. Because um, every now and then Troy Baker pops up as the Joker. And I just it's just like those two specifically for that character. But Mark Hamill, by far, that's the Joker voice, you know. Um, yeah, absolutely. And I, I felt kind of silly picking both of those actors for the top of my list. But it was one of those no, things where it's, it's like, no, I love these por- portrayals and they're so, so iconic. Like I couldn't ignore either right. Kevin Conroy or Mark Hamill, you know. Um, and then oh, what we were saying. Right. No, sorry. I was like kind of sucking back a yawn. I apologize. <laughs> Oxygen <laughs> it's good. the brain, if you will. Um, <laughs> I was going to say, but also more importantly, uh, I'm just looking at Mark Hamill's IMDb credits. And uh, he uh, he did play skips in regular show. Yeah, I forgot did. about that. <laughs> so, I mean, forget the Joker. He played skips, dude. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I know. No, but uh, I did really like his portrayal as that character too i just thought it'd be funny to uh mention that as well it's funny when i first started watching regular show and i heard skips talk for the first time i was like that's mark hamill i didn't have to look it up i'm like i know that's mark hamill <laughs> um, <laughs> well you got a good ear though because he does have a completely different sounding voice in that show like it's a lot lower and more monotone and stuff but uh yeah some these some voice actors i've gotten really good at picking out who they are like not the named ones. I mean, when Tom Hanks plays Woody, you know, it's Tom Hanks. You know what I mean? Yeah. But when you talk about like some of these characters, for, like the superhero stuff, I'm really pretty decent at picking out the I'm like, I know who they are without like having to look it up. Um, that's why I said when I got really into the voice acting, I started really paying attention to who's what, where and that kind of thing. Um, <laughs> that right. moment's really fun when you watch um, when you start watching a lot of subtitled anime and you start recognizing like the Japanese voice actors <laughs> wow, <laughs> where you don't necessarily know their names, but I've had it happen. I haven't watched a lot of anime recently, but I've had it had moments where I've watched enough anime that you start recognizing certain voices between shows. And that's a whole other world of voice acting to explore, but it's kind of right. cool at the same time. So, right. well, my final pick of the night is probably my favorite voice actor altogether, um, and that's James Arnold Taylor um, from you. He's probably most well known for from Star Wars: The Clone Wars. He plays Obi Wan Kenobi. He plays Blue Coon and several other characters. He's also known for playing Leonardo in the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles uh, remake uh, film, the the animated film. He plays oh, nice. Ratchet in the Ratchet movie. video games. He plays almost all of the characters in Johnny in the cartoon Johnny Test. Um, he uh, he's done Looney Tunes. He's done SpongeBob. He's done Doc McStuffins. He's done Final Fantasy games. He's done uh, Young Justice. Um, he He's all over the place. Here's a good example. He is um, Johnny Depp's voice double. Wow. Um, Meaning if Johnny Depp can't come in for an ADR session, James Arnold Taylor fills in his shoes. Do you know what I mean? Like, and yeah, some of Johnny Depp's lines of dialogue might not be Johnny Depp, um, which is really interesting. So um, but yeah, like in terms of like he's done a lot of the video games, too, where he's doing, you know, Obi-Wan Kenobi for the Revenge of the Sith video game and so on and so on. Um, he does 
like a real spot on Michael J. Fox. He can do Christopher Lloyd. So it's really fun to like watch that stuff. I will say this. If you get a chance to um, on YouTube, look up James Arnold Taylor, one man show. He did a one man show down at Disney World for like a special Star Wars weekends thing. And it was basically for him talking about the process of voice acting and how to get into it and like how to succeed as a voice actor and learning how to like control your voice and stuff. It's about a 30 minute video. It's really cool. It's the whole show. The best part about it is that from the time the show begins to the time the show ends, the only voice you will hear is his voice. And that includes the announcer that puts him on stage. (laughs) <laughs> nice <laughs> every single voice is him and you just don't know it and it's amazing and he gets to this point at the end of the video where he talks about how to take your voice up and down and lower it and do all this and lower it and pitch it here like uh, grumble here to pitch it to this and so on and so on and he goes through probably i want to say 60 to 70 characters like wow. a span of like a couple minutes, just going from voice to voice to voice to voice to voice. And they show it on the screen as to which character is doing it, which time. So even if you're like, wait, I know that the picture's right there. Um, and it's ridiculous. Um, it's one of the, it's one of the most impressive things I think I've ever seen in terms of voice acting. Um, but he's such a, like an amazing human being in terms of like, just the stuff he does. And he's just like, I love this job. I love this industry. I love, you know, giving back that kind of stuff. Um, but he's one, he's literally, in my opinion, probably the best. Um, but that's, you know, that's that's the whole point of this list, right, is to talk about our opinions. <laughs> so Yeah, absolutely. Um, so, yeah, um, in all seriousness, check out that YouTube video, though, because I think you'll love it. So. So, yeah, I'm uh, I, I think um, I'm most most familiar with his Star Wars work that you mentioned. But I was looking I was scrolling through his IMDb credits and he's all over the place. Like he has so many cool roles. And I think it's like one of those things that like anybody could go to his IMDb page and and find something that he's done that they've loved. Um, I also thought it was cool. I just scrolled to the bottom of the list and his first uh, credit on here is actually in Nausicaa Valley of the Wind, which is the awesome um, uh, Miyazaki film. Uh that I guess he was part of, and that was his first film credit. So that's pretty badass. Um, But yeah, yeah. Great pick. I'm, I don't know that I'm like as familiar with his work as you, but then looking at his list of credits, it's like, Oh no, I've seen this guy all over the place and he is really amazing, you know? And then he's got this bit in the one man show, which is really funny because he talks about having to do certain silly things and auditions like, Hey, here's some stereo instructions. Can you read it like this character? You know what I mean? And it's instructions on how to set up your stereo and they need him to read it like a specific character or something like that. It's really interesting. <laughs> and on Crazy. stage, on stage, he reads the stereo instructions as if he's Gandalf from Lord of the Rings. It's so funny. Um, <laughs> nice. So, yeah. Anyway, um, I might I might look that up and send you the video, Peter, so you can check it out. But it's it's a really impressive. So if you have like if you have about half an hour to watch it, like maybe watch it before you go to sleep tonight or something like that. It's it's really good. Um, but yeah, that, it sounds awesome. That's the end of my list for the night. Um, what are we doing next week, man? Yeah, so uh, our list for next week, um, we're actually going to do another year. And uh, I actually picked the list based on uh, the show Pam and Tommy that we were talking about earlier, that I was talking about earlier, because okay. I just 
because of the time that the events of that show takes place, I thought it would be fun to do our top five films from 1995. And I'm pretty sure we haven't done this list yet. And this is a year that I'm sure I've seen a ton of films, but I can't think of any off the top of my head. So I thought this would be fun to do. Fine to make sure we didn't do it. Well, I think I did do a quick Google look and it looked like we hadn't done it, but we have uh, have not done it. Awesome. (laughs) Yeah. You're, you're in the clear. (laughs) Nice. Um, so yeah, you're in the clear there. Um, okay, cool. Um, yeah, movies from 1995. I'm trying to think what came out that year. Like, just off the top of my head, what came out that year. Um, yeah, and that, that's what I liked about this one, is I couldn't think of anything off the top of my head. But <laughs> knowing the time that this year happened, I'm sure I've seen a ton of random crap <laughs> from 1995. Random so. crap. <laughs> All right. Yeah. <laughs> um, perfect. Um, well, everybody, do us a favor and uh, check out our website, top5report.com. There you'll find links to all of our social media, Twitter and Facebook, along with a link to our email, top5report at gmail.com. You can interact with the show there. Hit us up on our email. Either way works. Um, we're on Google Play, iHeartRadio, Stitcher, Apple Podcasts. You can subscribe to us in those places. If you do, you will not miss a single episode. You can also leave us a review. We love those five stars. But we understand criticism because it helps us get better and it makes the words we say feel important. You can follow me personally on Twitter and Instagram at Drew3927. Peter, what about you? Yeah, you can follow me on Twitter at NinjaPierre. And that's where I'll be reminding you that a spoonful of rancor helps the Scorpionek go down. (laughs) (laughs) Awesome. Um, All right. So, uh, everybody, for the top five report, I'm Drew. I'm Peter. And thanks for listening, everyone. Have a good night.